You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. And so I'm going to invite you uh, to turn uh, with me today um, to Acts chapter 3. And we're going to be continuing in our series, Truths to Live By. Truths to Live By. And specifically, um, I'm excited for today because I know that it connects with what's happening in world events what's happening in the outpouring of Holy Spirit on the global stage. And it's neat that when you prepare and you pray and you you plan and and discerning what the Holy Spirit would have you speak, it's quite amazing how everything flows together because isn't Christ the head of his church? And so it's a beautiful thing today. The message is times of refreshing are encountered in the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing are encountered in the presence of the Lord. Last week we talked about going fishing and that we're all fishermen and women in Christ. And we're drawing people to faith in the Lord. When we go to Acts chapter 3, it's a very fitting and powerful part of Scripture. We see the early church is in activation. It's been exploding in a good way. People are coming to faith. People who even acted in ignorance against Christ are turning to him. And after the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's poured out. Peter addresses the crowd. People are excited. People are running to the Lord, if you will. People are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Peter continues to address the people. In Acts chapter 3, um, starting in verse 19, actually, it says, Therefore repent and turn back, so that your sins may be wiped out. The seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus who's been appointed for you as Messiah. And Isaiah, if you go back actually to verse 15 for a second, we're going to pick it up right there in verse 15. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead and we are his and we are witnesses of this. It's a little slow. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know, so that faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. And you can stop there. The reason why this is so important is because at this moment in time that preceded the the statement of Peter that seasons of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord, Peter is addressing the Jews in the crowd in Solomon's colony, which is the entryway to the temple, because a lame man has been healed. They've been completely amazed by what has transpired. This man has been healed in Jesus' name, and so he's also directed his attention. By the way, this healing came by no one else than that by the name of Jesus Christ the Son of God, the man in whom you had crucified. And so for all intents and purposes, he's addressing two types of people in the crowd, those who are complicit and even those perhaps that were ignorant. 
And yet the beautiful nature and how Peter addresses this crowd that resonates to us today, even in the midst of everything that was going on, in the midst of everything that was said and done, verse 20, he says that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord as you turn to him in repentance. Repentance, we know, means turning, turning. And as I was looking at this passage, even again this morning, in light of what's happening on the world stage, which, which, which is believed to be a revival and outpouring uh, at Ashbury University, I am thankful, tremendously thankful, like each of you here today, that when we look to the scripture, we can be thankful for the precious promises that we have in Christ. Think about it. We can never say it enough. The fact that you're in Christ, you are uniquely seated in him. You're uniquely seated. You have an unparalleled heritage in the Lord. Completely unparalleled to those who came before us, even of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you could even wrap your head around that, a greater even heritage than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because of how we're seated in Christ. It's this tremendous grace that the Bible talks about to the point where John the Baptist said this. He said, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace upon grace. Many of us are here today because we've experienced that grace upon grace. We've experienced his favor where he's freed us from addictions. We've experienced his favor where we've experienced life transformation in all of its color. Perhaps I've even dared to go to say that true revival is when life transformation takes place. If, it's, if it only stops or begins at a place of emotional status, is it truly revival? When you turn to the Lord, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. This is something that what's happening in the world not only in Ashbury, but in India. You know, it's amazing that the media hasn't been covering this, but there have been hundreds of thousands of people who have been coming to faith in Christ in India and in China, and yet it doesn't get world recognition. But when people come from different churches and places, and don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking, I'm all for it. It's a wonderful people are coming to be revived and renewed and refreshed, but I guarantee, Guarantee is a little strong, but I would suspect that if you were to do a poll of the crowd, how many of you are believers? Probably a large, some of them would say, I've been serving the Lord for X number of years. And there's probably in that crowd a number who are unsaved. But when you think about what's happening in the rest of the world, of China and people in complete destitute, corrupt, dictatorship places that are giving their lives to Jesus Christ, that's revival. And yet in the midst of whether people act in ignorance or in willful faith, there's a promise here in Scripture that times of refreshing will flow. Times of refreshing will flow. Jesus said this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Doesn't say those who hunger and thirst to be famous will be filled to fame overflowing but those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. When you look at the feed of what's coming out of Ashbury, they say that what sparked, if I can even use that word, what sparked it was during a time of worship, a young man cried out in repentance before the Lord for how he was living. 
just started crying out. And it was like a wave. It was a ripple effect. Is this not like what happened after the day of Pentecost? They respond to Peter, Peter, what must we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so like in the early church, people in Ashbury, they said that they were hearing what was like sound of tongues and different evidence of spiritual gifts in attendance. And I watched, I listened very hard because when you're hearing the wonderful worship, people singing different groups, different choirs and such, I was waiting and listening to hear those different giftings and activations in place because they're signs and evidence that the Holy Spirit is being poured out. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and they will be filled. Many times we call this being filled afresh. Have you heard that before? Being filled afresh, afresh. Jesus said this, I'm the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty again. We looked at this with the encounter of the woman at the well. Lord, give me this water that I will not have to come to this well again. She was looking at something that was convenient, not wanting to have to draw again from the well, but he was talking with something much, much deeper, something more everlasting. And my question for you today as we continue in this passage of scripture, what is the Lord doing in your life? Maybe you've been tuning into the news. Maybe you've been watching what's happening at Ashbury. Maybe you've asked the question, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you pour your spirit afresh in my life? What has he been doing in your life? What has he been speaking? What has he been prompting on your heart? Because you know his voice, don't you? I know his voice like you know his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And so when I heard what had broke out, actually I didn't hear about what happened in, in the States until Sunday night, which I thought was quite remarkable because Wednesday, the few days before we began our night of worship, I was sitting having coffee and I was speaking to a gentleman and I said, I really truly believe that we are going to encounter a fresh move of the Lord when we come to him in worshipful reverence. From a place of worship, of passion, in heart, we were talking about this. And in a way, kind of ignorantly, you know, we have our worship night Friday night, still unaware of what's going on on the world stage. And we're here worshiping. It was a beautiful time. And many people commented, that was a special time in the presence of the Lord. And yet when I turned on the news there Sunday night, I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, you're moving. You're living and you're active. And people, young and old, are calling upon your name. And like the song says, when you call upon the name of the Lord, he's mighty to save. And so what is your spiritual hunger? What is your appetite here this afternoon? What state is your appetite level at? Is it like Mary who said, let it be done to me according to your word? Like when the angel appeared to her? and said that you will bear a son, his name will be Jesus. This is honestly an introspect that I've been asking myself, Andrew, what level is your appetite at? 
And I couldn't help but think of Luke 11, 9. We're kind of doing a little bit of a journey of, of Scripture here this afternoon. Jesus says, so I say to you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And to the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. How amazing that. It's not a guessing game where Jesus is hiding behind door number one or door number two and playing a sick joke. <laughs> in fact, the word, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and forgive me for getting what chapter it's in, but I remember the words, Jesus says, anyone who loves me and obeys my commands, I'm going to come and make my home with you. And I'm going to reveal myself to you. So which begs the question, if you're not encountering this type of depth of relationship, what well are you drawing from? What well are you drawing from? What stream of life are you gravitating towards? I think it was very fitting the time of this outpouring happened that we had the Super Bowl last week. As entertaining as it was, and yeah, Chiefs won, that was, that's great. And people were going crazy for a, a person singing some popular songs on the world stage. And yet could not even compare to what the Lord was doing on those university or that university campus. Because from there it's been a spark like a wildfire that's begun to spread to other campuses similar to like that and a little bit of comedic relief here, like Facebook. It began at Harvard, Harvard Connect, and spread like wildfire. Now the Spirit of the Lord is stretching out and moving upon all people, all flesh. Isn't there something like that in the Scripture, Sue? Then in the last days, he says, I'll pour my Spirit on all flesh, and sons and daughters will dream dreams, young men will have visions, and they will prophesy. They're declaring that, Lord, this is your true plan and purpose for my life. I don't want any of this former life any longer. When the young woman that we looked at last week came to the well, at this point in history, the Lord knew what was in people's hearts. As prophesying through Jeremiah, he says this, for my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cistern, cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. They were going to the wrong source of life. They were serving and entangling themselves with all these different types of gods. In many respects, it dawned on me, as excited as I was literally when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and I was pulling for the Chiefs. Okay, I'm sure Nick would be happy to hear that. It was, it was quite remarkable. But at the end of the day, it just struck me so deeply, I, I want to say close to level conviction on an aspect of people idolize the wrong things. They give their life to the wrong streams. And when you wake up Monday morning, even after a championship, maybe there's a void that's left. There's a reason why even athletes, then, even after winning big championships, they make tons and millions of dollars. There's times when they can feel empty and unsatisfied. 
But what's really great, two quarterbacks of those two teams that played, they, they confess to be born-again believers. They say, all this is nothing in comparison to my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have two declaring that on the world stage, I think God's up to something. He's shaping, he's shifting culture. And so when you look at this promise of scripture in Acts, uh, we just looked at, the times of refreshing will come and flow from the Lord as we turn to him in repentance, that that's something that we can enjoy here and in the now. And more times than not, even in my own life, I've encountered seasons of this type of refreshing. In 2006, I was at a church in Sarnia called Bethel. And I remember after several weeks and months of prayer and hunger for the Lord to move, and there were prophetic words that were given that at a a moment in time it would be as if the steeple of the church itself would be on fire and it would be for all to see and it would come from far and wide. Even fire trucks will come to try and put the flames out. With at one point, an actual fire brigade arrived, a report of fire being seen from the church. This is in Sarnia, Ontario, 2006. And what I can tell you today, very similar from what I've observed virtually, not in person, at Ashbury, a similarity of an authentic hunger for the moving of the Lord in one's life. And I wrote down three things that I saw in parallel that I believe that we can take away and see how times are refreshing and the authentic authentic nature of these movements. Number one is people are coming to grips with the unparalleled love that God has for us. When you hear reports, whether it was in Cerny or in Ashbury, when people, the, the presence of God was so tangible, they come to place like Paul told the Corinthians that the people would be moved and even convicted in their lifestyle choices because of the tangible presence of the Lord. Coming to grips with even the midst of their sin, the unfathomable love that God has for them that he died for them so that their sins would be completely pardoned and wiped clean. People move to tears. Even people move to laughter. I remember when I, I experienced the most tangible manifest presence of the Lord at those altars, I began to have uncontrollable laughter in the spirit. To the point where... A speaker came over to me, Mr. Shuttlesworth, and he touched my hand, and it was like a ripple effect. And I tell you, I actually, at a moment, I felt embarrassed because I couldn't control it. I couldn't contain it. But when I look back at it, I realize that began, that spark began from authentic hunger, yes, but an unparalleled understanding of God's love for me. And from that, this authentic hunger, this spread, when people saw this tremendous joy happening and people being healed as the Spirit moved, whether it was Sarnia or Ashbury, people began to become hungry as we're seeing on the world stage. Just like in India, just like in China, people are coming by the hundreds to faith. But I think if each one of us were honest and we took stock of what we've observed and what we've seen, maybe what we've heard from friends that are on the ground, like they say, boots are on the ground. When I look at my friend's profile posts that are in Ashbury today, 
I believe they would say there is a worshipful reverence there. A worshipful reverence because of the grace and truth that comes in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says this, don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and that is what you are. Times of refreshing will come from the Lord when we turn to him in repentance. Why did I just mention that verse? Because people are booking plane flights and tickets. People have been arriving from Brazil and all over parts of the world and have landed to go to Ashbury to experience and encounter for themselves what is happening. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's hunger, there's a worshipful reverence, but I want to encourage you today, you don't have to book a plane ticket because you are the temple of the living God and the Holy Spirit, Christ himself, you are in him, united with him, and you can meet with him right now. You can, in fact, you can meet with him, Josh, while you're having breakfast. You can meet with him when you're driving your car down the road. There's so many times, I remember when I lost my own father, I was so grieved in the spirit that I began to listen to a song by Ron Cannoli, All Honor, and it's like heaven was unleashed upon my whole body, and I went from grieving to rejoicing in that very moment. Why? Because Jesus knew he can sympathize or emphasize, I'm sorry, with what I was going through. And I met with him, his presence, right then and there. We can meet the Lord and encounter times of refreshing anywhere, any time, any place. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and they will be filled. That seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who's been appointed for you as Messiah. And so Peter spoke and he shared these words speaking to a present reality because of what we have in Christ. This unparalleled love story that we can encounter here and now, but also something that is not quite yet. When Jesus returns, we will see him as he is. We will be fully as he is. And to be caught up in the air with him. And so in the here and the now, he wants us to know, he wants us to encounter his presence afresh. And so I, I put down one takeaway for us to keep in the back of our mind, to deposit in our spirit for when we leave here today, even when we return to a time of worship shortly, is don't Stifle what the Lord wants to do in your life. And when I say this to you, I'm saying this to myself. 
Before I came here today, I had a whole bunch of notes of all these revivals that took place as best as I could, because I'm not a historian, as best I possibly could. I had a laid out of all these different encounters of Toronto Airport in 93, and you can imagine, but I felt a gut check. I knew it was the Holy Spirit saying, I didn't call you to be a historian. I called you to preach the gospel. And so that's what I'm doing. Sharing and reading from the word that says here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 15, it says, See to it that no one replays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Did you catch all that? Hold on to what is good. And stifle is defined as this, making one unable to breathe properly, to restrain one from acting. If you've ever passed out or had to be resuscitated, you experience for a moment a stifling of your very life. But when the, when the forces come together and restore life to you, you begin to breathe properly. And many times I believe the Lord would say to us today that we stifle the spirit, we try to put him in the box, we try to say, I, you know what, I like this part of scripture, but the rest of it I'm going to jettison it because it makes me uncomfortable. But it says very clearly, if you're not experiencing times of refreshing. Perhaps you've been drawing and drinking from the wrong well and tingling or, or partnering with paths of evil. Paul says, see to it that no one replays evil for evil, but always pursue what is good. In the church, a lot of times we can easily become offended maybe how the way the Lord's moving. Even with what's happening, even in Ashbury, people would say, well, I don't know if I approve of the song selections. I don't know if I approve that there's a lack of this and there's a lack of that. You, you believe it. as all the positive press, there's all, also the other critical negative press. But at the end of the day, Paul is showing us, don't stifle the spirit. Do not forbid or despise prophecies, but make sure you test to see it's of the Lord. And so as I was watching what was happening, the end of the goal of Scripture, God's love letter to us says, it is his will and design for us to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so it's amazing, even in the midst of what's occurring, what's transpiring, there are other words that are to be spoken live from the campus where people declare and say, God loves you for how you are and there's no need to change. So even in the midst of an authentic move of God, people can speak and get it wrong. I can speak and get it wrong, but thankfully there's grace upon grace to turn what was intended for evil around to Good. It says, do not stifle the spirit. The spirit of the Lord in that place. Remember how the revival began. A young man cried out and asked the Lord for repentance. He cried out. He turned to the Lord. He was done with what had brought him there. He wanted all that the Lord had from him. I am looking forward to finding out who that young man's name is, whether it's in this life or in heaven one day. What did you declare? 
And that warms my heart because could we, would we be so bold, even in this place, to get a little bit fired up, if you will, to come before the Lord, the King of Kings, and bear all before him? Times of refreshing will come from the Lord as we turn to him. In 1 Corinthians, we're told, as I conclude, 1 Corinthians 14, 37 says this, if anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. If anyone ignores this, he will be ignored. So then, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything is to be done decently and in order. And to bring that to a conclusion, everything that's decent order is whatever flows in harmony with the word of God and what it says about us and being conformed into the image of Christ. I'm so thankful for the word of the Lord that declares and promises to us today in these last days that the spirit of the Lord is being poured out and afresh in people's lives. And continuing on to 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, now may the God of hope and of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And he who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Look at the emphasis of this verse. God himself. You know what that means? He is personally invested in you. He loves you so much that where you came, whatever brought you to this place today, is desired that you would not leave here the very same. That if you came in here dealing with a hardship, dealing with a burden, dealing with affliction of all varying shapes and sizes, he wants to deliver you from that so that you walk out of here, not only change, but then you can live in boldness to encourage others in life transformation also. You can go and encourage people say, I just came from the well. I just came from the living water that is Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Just like the woman's story at the well, she went to the town and she said, come in here, everything the Lord has said. He told me everything I'd ever done. And they came and they were hunger. And out of that hunger, a town was transformed. In Ephesus, when people heard the words of Paul, a whole town, even the economic system was transformed. It is my prayer and desire that what's happening right now in the world wouldn't be stifled, but it would be just the beginning compounded in, in interest like that of the accounts in scripture where hundreds of thousands of people came to faith in Jesus. I don't know about you, I have way too many friends that don't know the Lord, that haven't encountered this personal relationship with Jesus. And as Paul is saying, the sanctifying promise of his word, that you can be transformed. What's your appetite today? What are you hungry for? What is it 
that you would have the Lord do in your life today. He says, call upon me, all who are weary and heavy laden or even burdened, and I will give you rest and rest for your soul. That means soul, psyche, means revive in life, a, re, a return of life. Don't stifle the spirit. Be honest with him. I believe as the records come out and what's occurring in all parts of the world, even of Ashbury, we will see that there was an understanding of one's love in Christ, a spiritual hunger, and a worshipful reverence. I'm excited because we can experience that here and now. Here and now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your living word. We thank you from the promise of scripture that we are your dwelling place. That we are the temple in which you live by your spirit. That you're transforming us. You're conforming us to your image and likeness. That which was fractured in the garden has been renewed. That we're being sanctified day by day because of your faithfulness. Because of your tremendous love that is truly set apart. I thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters in the Lord who have called upon your name and that you've been mighty to save and to pour out your spirit and Asbury and other campuses and other parts of the world. And Lord, we ask that you would continue that, that deposit that's been poured out and poured right here in Waterford and Holford Day and all the surrounding churches and people, that it wouldn't be contained to just brothers and sisters in you, Lord, but it would be a fire like that of the steeple, like that of Bethel, and the people would see it from far and wide and come into the place and say, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Lord, that it's not dressed up, it's not a performance, it's not a show, that God, they would know you. They would encounter you afresh as we encounter you in a fresh way today. We thank you, Lord, in your presence, there is healing from sickness. In your presence, there's a healing from all different types of infirmities and afflictions. Thank you, Lord, that you are attentive to every need, to every prayer. And that when even we misstep, even when maybe we act in ignorance, that God, you are faithful and you bless us with grace upon grace and overflowing. We want more. As we dig up and partake and drink from your well, we thank you that you fill us. That it's like a purifying drink that refreshes as it transforms our thought life and our actions towards you and one another. Have your way in this place. I'm gonna invite you if you're able to join me in this time of prayer and unity of the spirit if you can to stand if you're able. I encourage you also even of raising of hands if you speak in tongues or other spiritual gifts, I encourage you to press in in this moment.
Invite him to come right where you are. If you're watching online right now, invite him to come right into your living room, wherever you find yourself. Invite him, come, Lord Jesus. Come, breathe into my life. Thank you for the times of refreshing are for here and now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is nothing worth more that will ever come close to you. I thirst for you, Jesus. My living water. our congregation, Lord, but for Waterford United, that you would pour out your spirit afresh upon each of them also. Every church, all who call upon your name, Lord God, there's nothing worth more, nothing even comes close to the relationship that we have in you. by what's happening on the world stage. If you could just take this moment to press in a little longer. Bro, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, my King. Praise you, Jesus. You're so holy, so holy, King Jesus. 